had had enough. Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the yeah, middle of nowhere? that's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really kicked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Holy cow, did you say your host, Joe Montaldo? How is everyone this evening? Well, everyone's having a great morning, great afternoon, great evening, wherever you are on your big, beautiful blue planet. You know, I've been saying that for 25 years now, 26 years now. When I started saying it, nobody said that. Now, I notice a lot of hosts on a lot of networks repeat it, which I don't so much mind. It's, you know, it's still, you know, nobody was saying it before I did. It was kind of weird. Uh, things like that. I noticed things like that over the years, you know, talking to different people. I'll hear stuff that we talk about on the air. I'll hear them using the terms and the language and stuff like that, which is great. I mean, we want it out there. It's just kind of strange when you hear your stuff being repeated by someone else and they're not giving you credit for it. You're kind of like, mm-hmm. but anyway, you can't worry about them kind of things. Really and truly, to be totally honest, somebody asked me uh, 30 years ago why I was involved with this. Oh, because you credit. So, well, at that time, I had been in the field 10 years. I wasn't looking for any credit. I'm not really looking for it now. I mean, if I was to get mad over every time someone stole something from my car or used something that we use or used or repeated something I said, 
I don't, all I would be doing, to be honest with you, is defending myself and ICAR, and it's not what we're here for. We're here for the truth. We're here to find out what the hell is going on. We're here to find out who really has information. People tell me, the government has everything. The government don't have anything. The government just released another 150 videos. They don't know what the hell it is. The government has nothing. If the government actually knew what the hell was going on, they wouldn't be asking you to tell them what you think it is. I'm just saying, people, it's a little on the crazy side how it is. Hey, Chad, how you been? Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you, too. And by the way, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. For our Canadians who've already had happy Thanksgiving, well, happy, just happy Thursday, you know. It's going to be Thursday. Have a good day. Enjoy your family. Uh, I don't know. Y'all aren't off, but we are. Uh, matter of fact, for us, usually most people take the week off. They can or take Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Unfortunately, I'm in the middle. I'll have to show y'all later. I'm in the middle of re remodeling my home. <laughs> yes, well. If anyone's ever remodeled their home with all their stuff in it, they understand what a nightmare it is. And I'm a contractor and still. Uh, my son and I just ripped all the floors out of my kitchen and living room. I mean, kitchen and dining room the other day. Now, all the ceramics out and we had to go through and smooth all the floors down because we're going back with a wood floor, which the dining room is actually just about done. It is gorgeous. I will post some pictures of it when the, the dining room kitchen's done. So I know somebody asked me this before we get into what we're talking about tonight. There are a lot of wood and a lot of floors that say they're waterproof. Now, the vinyl floors like the vinyl plank, which are beautiful flooring, they're usually expensive, you know, anywhere from $269 to $569 a plank, uh, or, or, I mean a foot, are beautiful floors. I, I put them in my bathroom, as a matter of fact. I'll have to take a picture and show you all. They're gorgeous floors. And it would, it would have looked pretty in my house. But for me, it's a little bit different. As a contractor, I know... Gray has been around now for several years, so we're on our way into something else. We usually go light wood before we go dark wood, so that's if it stays a trend. I went medium, I went apple wood, so it's a medium wood, beautiful high sheen. Uh, what's nice about the high sheen is like when you have holidays and you have lights in your house or Christmas lights, you'll notice on, my, on some of my early posts of this house, you'll see beautiful reflections all throughout my floor. The only thing it's rough on is my chihuahuas kind of wipe out from time to time, you know. <laughs> try to make the turns at high speed but other than that it's great but anyway that's enough about all of that anybody who's interested in it will be posted up on uh, one of my facebook pages probably my uh uh well the post the one i've been posting the most on right now so well there's the one with me with the where yeah one's got my hair down one's got yeah those those pages I do use those pages, but this page I'm on right now, I, I use more because it's connected to United Public Radio and Joe Montaldo UFO on the cover so that it gets used the most. Uh, let me move this up over here a little bit more because somebody said they were having a hard time hearing me. So anyway, tonight we're talking about religion and how what religious figures are. Who knows how long has religions known about ET? Do religions know about ET? Are they in communications with extraterrestrials? Are they part of the extraterrestrial? What is it? Uh, that these these religious icons, I should say, these religious leaders or these religious groups know about extraterrestrials. Is there anything? Well, if you look, let me pop myself out the picture right quick. That picture was about 500 years old. Obviously, it's, it's not angels. There's no wings or nothing. It's, it's no horns. It's not demons. It's something else. Um, and most people would consider it to be extraterrestrial craft with extraterrestrials in them. There's lots of these pictures throughout the Middle Ages, especially. But there's lots of these pictures for 2,000 years of Christianity or 1,800 years of Christianity. I don't want to get in a fight with anybody. Um, there's lots and lots of these pictures, but they're not the only ones. 
the Jews have pictures of this. Oh, yes, the Jewish religions have lots of pictures of this. The, the Muslims have pictures of this. There's a particular craft in the Middle East. It's this big square. Kind of sounds like a board cube, if you ask me, uh, floating around in the Middle East. And uh, it, I've, I've had three different religious groups tell me about it. So, well, the Christians have talked about it. The Muslims have talked about it a great deal. And so have the Jewish religions. They have talked about these things a great deal. Uh, different ones. Uh, that's right, Carolyn. Some people say that it's the home of the jinn. I don't know. Maybe the jinn's an extraterrestrial. You know, I would bet you money that a lot of these old, a lot of these old myths, you know, the different things we used to look at, the little people, the jinns, the demons. I guarantee you a lot of these are going to turn out to be extraterrestrials. Um, I, I, I'd pretty much take it to the bank. The reason why is you have to put it in context. What did they know about? They didn't know. They didn't even know ET existed 500 years ago. Shit, they didn't know ET existed 100 years ago. They had an idea 100 years ago, but then, you know, thanks to some good writers that were writing back there. But uh, other than that, they really didn't know. They couldn't prove it. And you go back 200 years, it's completely sci-fi. There's nothing, no no concept of real extraterrestrial. Go back 500 years, it's just none. Um, now, there are lots of pictures of this where you will see different things floating in the skies. You know, there's a particular one I'll talk about where the beam comes down and blew the gates open, let the city in. So that extraterrestrial took sides. And apparently it took sides with the invading city, which I find strange. I, I, why did it take sides? No one knows. It, it, as far as we can tell, it never made contact with anybody. It just showed up. This war was three years old. Uh, the city had been under siege for three years and showed no signs of giving up anytime soon. When bam, wham, bam, this spaceship just blew the gates open. Uh, they said it was shaped like a shield and it blew a shot a blue beam down. And it, it, it really more made the gate implode at first and then explode. So it, it kind of fell into itself and then blew out. And that's the descriptions. What's interesting about this is both parties write about this. Yes. Both parties describe the gates being exploded by the same way. So um, they're talking about the, the winning team is talking about, oh, it was gods on their side. Of course, the losing team, we're saying they were demons, but in reality, these were extraterrestrials. This is an extraterrestrial craft uh, that for some reason chose a side. I have no idea. And I got to go find out who it is. It's been so long uh, since I've actually talked about the individual. Yeah, I know, Carrie. It's just, it's just been a long time. Oh, the first time I ran across this case was one of my junior investigators. Jesus, this was back in 95, 94, brought it to my attention and said, hey, look, you think there's any any you know, anything to this. And I said, well, I don't know. Let's take a look into it. And we looked at it and I know we found it in about five different stories and the two countries that they talked about it, it was written in their history. So I was kind of, yeah, it took a lot of digging, but it was there. So it did show that they knew. So now to help people who are saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to tell you about some personal experiences and then, then we can go back and talk about some of the ancient world. So what is this? 2000. So I think it was in 2009 or 2008. I was in Washington, D.C., working press and, and doing a little lecture at the X Conference for Stephen Bissett, so, uh, which I love Stephen. He's, he's just a great guy. Stephen's one of my favorite guys. And um, <laughs> yeah, I know he's going to never get it from government. Still, it's, it's nice to see somebody trying. Uh, and John Greenwald is another one who just nonstops busted all the time. I mean, he's, he's, he's nonstop doing this just all the time. I, I know. But anyway... So I'm in D.C. and Paula Harris is there and we're talking. The three of us are talking 
and Father Malducci, he's a, he's a, um, oh hell, Monsignor Balducci. I'm sorry, he's not a father, he's Monsignor. But anyway, they introduce us. Well, he doesn't speak English. He's being really, really English, but not very much, not for me enough to understand him. And I'm sure, you know, my coon ass accent, he was going to have a hard time understanding that. So Paula was translating. So we had been talking for 15, 20 minutes, and he was telling me that the Vatican does know about extraterrestrials. So I asked him, what did they think? And he said his words, and he's not the only one in the Catholic religion to tell me, he's not even the only one in the Christian religion to tell me this. He says that not only do they know they exist, they've had evidence of them since the forming of the church, which is 1,800 years now, 1,900 years, whatever you want to argue about, uh, since the forming of the church, they've known about extraterrestrials. And over the years, they've gained more and more knowledge. And through the years, with particular people, there's been contact. Different types of contact, but still contact. So it's, I find it interesting because, you know, they're actually talking about this. So anyway, we're talking. He goes, you know, the Vatican thinks that the extraterrestrials are on a higher spiritual plane than we are. So I asked Paula to ask him again because I just couldn't believe he said it. I, I was kind of thrown back. I was like, really? On a higher spiritual plane? I, said, I just couldn't even believe the Catholic Church would admit to something like that. So I met him once again after that, just before he passed. And um, I asked him again, and uh, somebody else was translating. He had somebody else with him, and uh, he said the same thing. And he remembered me, and we talked for a while. He was a very nice gentleman. So then... I was, I was in, um, where was I? I was out in LA on a lecture, on a tour. <laughs> and a friend of mine comes up. He said, you, you heard about the Vatican's astronomer. I said, the who? He said, Vatican's astronomer. He's, he's talking for the Vatican and they're saying there's ET. Okay, well, they, you know, I'm interested. So uh, he said he's going to be in, in in a day. He says he's coming out here. So I had him make, res, uh, not reservations, but make, um, make, so I'm sorry, my brain is fried tonight. We've been loving floor laying all day. Uh, but anyway, he he made a deal. I shouldn't call it a deal, but he, he connected us, the two of us together. And uh, I went to his hotel and we sat down in the lobby and we talked. And then we went to the uh, restaurant, had dinner. I bought him dinner and uh, he talked and we talked. And I told him that I had met Monsignor Balducci. Now, his English is pretty good. And uh, he goes, well, you know, it is true. The Vatican does think that E.T. is on a higher spiritual plane than us. So I said, well, do you? He said, well, I do because they've been around so much longer than us. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to think that they wouldn't. He says, just hard. He said, and he said, I've heard you say this in your lecture. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I listened to it. And he said, uh, well, you said you should always judge E.T. by their actions, just like you judge anybody else. And he goes, well, if you judge them by their actions... He said, then it's hard to believe they're in a higher spiritual plane than we are. And I said, well, that's true. I said, but if you judge us by our accent, our, our you know, actions out there, you know, darting dogs, darting lions, darting bears, darting all kind of stuff. Any animal out there we can dart, we're darting, taking them in and doing all kind of weird stuff to them and bringing them back. I mean, as far as the bear is concerned, you know, for us, it's just a regular experiment. We're checking the health, we're checking the weight, we're checking the size, we're giving them shots, giving them vitamins, taking blood. That's standard procedure. But that's not what the bear thinks. The bear would rip your head off if he had five seconds and even had a chance. And, you know, contactees feel that way, too, or abductees feel that way, too. It's, it's the same thing for them. They're like, oh, my God, uh, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. What's happening to me? And he's like, so how can that be a good thing? I said, well, it depends on why they're doing it. 
Now, if they're doing it to save us, doing it to help us, doing it to enlighten us, help us to have different abilities or helping them, helping us to wake up abilities like psychic abilities, then okay, it's it's not completely uh, evil. If they're just doing it to be sadistic or they're just doing it for their own personal gain, then of course it's bad. But we don't know that, and neither does the government. The government wouldn't be all, let's go out and find out what's going on with ET if they knew that. You know, it's it's funny for me, and I hear all these bullshit people out there in, in the field. Oh, yeah, the government knows. You know what? I know a lot of people in the government. I, don't don't take this the wrong way, people, but I know a lot of people in the government. I've been doing this for 40 years. I've met a lot of people. I know a couple of generals, a couple of animals. Just recently, I met two more generals. Uh, and it's so weird sometimes how you meet these people in different places. You know, I was having dinner with some friends of mine. <laughs> and where? No. When the hell are you talking about? Sorry, don't distract me like that. Anyway, I was having dinner with some friends of mine in New Orleans. And uh, they introduced me to the number two general of Space Command. And what was funny about that, later that year, I met the first guy in charge. Number th- I mean, I'm sorry. The guy I met here in New Orleans was three-star. The guy I met in, in uh, the gala and L.A. was two so Now, he has nothing to do with any of this alien stuff. We don't talk about that. I mean, it was just a, a chance encounter. But over the years, I've had lots of these encounters. And I've had lots of people come to me and ask me because there are things we just know. And we don't do bullshit research. It's one of the things why we, we get people from the government and other places to come talk to us because we do real research. We get our noses into it. We check every lead we can find. We spend lots of money on this. I mean, I, you, if you knew how much money I personally spent on this, you would just flip and die. If my wife ever finds that, she'd probably divorce me three times. It's um, it's it's one of those things. It's a passion. It's whatever you want to call it. But I want the truth. I, I don't. I'm, I don't really care if it makes me famous or not. I just want the truth. And and if it's, it, like, yeah, I want the truth for me. But I'm going to share it. Well, no, I don't share everything I know. I can. Some stuff I would be breaking my security clearance with, and some stuff, frankly, y'all just ain't ready for it. No, it's not just my call. This is a group. It's just more than just me that makes these calls. Yeah, it's not like I just say, "Oh, you're not, you're not ready to know this. You're not ready to know that." And you can judge your actions. So let me, let me, let me say, like, let me say, if I knew ET was coming on a particular day or a particular time, a particular place, and I could send all of y'all over there to meet it, mostly I would flip out. I've seen it more than once. People flipping out. You know, we arrange meetings from time to time. Uh, we bring people with us when we're going out to particular investigations. Well, I say people. I should say abductees. Well, if, you, if you've not been contacted, we're not going to bring you with us because they're not interested in you. You're probably going to see nothing. Even if everybody else saw a UFO, you probably still wouldn't see it. Um, well, because I don't think it works that way. Think of this. ET's flying all around the planet all the time. But only a handful of people seem to see it. And most of those people who see it are contactees or abductees. Well, for me, anyone who saw a, a true UFO is an abductee or a contactee. Now, if they don't know they are, that makes them an abductee. They just don't know they're being taken. But for us, we learned a long time ago, it's a, it's, well, no, it's not a cover memory. Oh, no, that's no, not a cover memory. It's a memory that lets you know something happened. So you're, you're doing your thing and you, all of a sudden you remember and you see this, you, you remember this UFO or you see this UFO and you're looking at it, this as a wake up call. It's an awakening. Yes. It's, it's, it's a memory that wakes you up, makes you think, well, wait, wait a minute now. What did I just see? What's going on? And then 
if it's not enough to keep you going, you'll have several other events. Now, at the end of these events, if you're still not going on, then they will just take it away and you won't remember anything anymore and you won't be interested anymore. They're looking for people, communicators, um, people who want to get involved, people who want to work with the kids, keepers and stuff like that. They're, they're looking for humans that want to be part of the program. They, they really are. And they want you to be part of the program. But they're not just going to tell John and Jane Jack because John and Jane may flip out. Um, most people are not going to be able to handle the sight of a real extraterrestrial. They're just not. It's part of desensitization program has been going on since the 50s. They started the program actually since the 40s. Uh, and the best part about this program is I talked about it all the time. As far as I know, I was the first one I ever talked about it. But what's interesting about it is I have now had at least 11 people in different positions in the military, uh, the lowest one being a colonel, authenticate this for me. And it's, it's, it's just weird the way it works. I mean, they're trying to make you desensitize to extraterrestrials, which for the most part you are. Uh, you know, you got you got ET keychains, you got ET potato chips, you got ET movies out there, yin yang, you got all kind of ETs, good, bad, indifferent. Oh yeah, man, you got the kind of eat you, the kind of kill you, cut you into pieces. And you got the ones that want to help you. It's it's just it's a <laughs> cornucopia of extraterrestrial contact. <laughs> I guess that's as good a good a thing as any. Uh, I'm sorry, I just see when you popped it up there. But really and truly. These ETs could easily take our planet. And the best part about it is they could have easily took our planet 200,000 years ago or 2 million years ago. Anytime they got here, I mean, they've been here longer than we've existed. Mm. It depends who's, who's, who you believe. David Icke's got a theory. There's a bunch of theories out there. The one Icar goes with is the one the Sumerians talked about. Mm-hmm. The one that says uh, they two, two, these beings came from the heavens and built two great white dome cities. And at the beginning, they didn't know why. But later on, they figured it out. Um, the people living in the cities, or the beings living in the cities, couldn't breathe the air on Earth. They had to have these little things that worked underneath their nose um, and allowed them to breathe. That race built an identical race to them. I should say created an identical race to themselves uh, and allowed that race so that race could breathe on this planet. And they wanted them just to work the planet well. This race was omnipotent, just like the race that created it and said, well, wait a minute now. Why are we out here getting our fingers dirty and our pants and clothes dirty? Why the hell are we doing anything when we can just create a subservient race? And that's what they did. And then the Sumerians, the seven creations of man is basically what it is. They talk about wingman, doghead man. And at the end, there was a race of men like us, not completely like us, but like us. Uh, what I mean by that is they weren't. They didn't ask why, and they didn't say, screw you, okay? So basically for them, it was, well, no, I mean, basically for them, it was, yeah, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, do what I was told, you know, go out and plow the fields, make the beer, build the building, do, just basically do what they were told. And then somewhere along the line, the Sumerians talk about this, and so do the Dogon, by the way. So it's two different races talk about this. The reptilians started going over and stealing their women and raping their women. And then, wait, bringing them back. And he's like, wait a minute now. You took my woman, you raped my woman, and you just brought my woman back. Well, the woman would have a baby. And um, the baby was reptilian. So when I first heard this, I'm like, wow, these babies are being born looking reptilian. You knew what happened to them. They got killed and pounded into nothing because uh, they looked like reptilians. But that's not what they were talking about. They were talking like the babies were different. They had changed. They weren't willing to just take the status quo. 
they wanted to, to know why they had to plow the fields. Or am I getting paid for plowing the fields? Or what am I getting out of plowing the fields? Or why am I making beer? Am I going to get some of this beer that I'm making for the rest of you? I mean, they became awakened. Uh, it was like when you listen to Adam and Eve and she took the bite out of the apple and all of a sudden her head filled with it's the same thing. And these stories were prevalent in all of our all of our old world. So way before well, way before the Christians who wrote about Adam and Eve, these stories of Adam and Eve or, or something like Adam and Eve in all the ancient worlds, long before that religion existed, a couple of thousand years before it. So it's hard to say, you know, oh, did that happen for the Christians or did they just, you know, yeah, usurp it. That's what I'm saying. They just snatch it from somebody else. So we really don't know because none of it was there. But it is in all these other religions that make you think, okay, well, maybe something else was going on. But anyway, the Sumerian and the Dogon talk about this. They talk about the Nemu who came here, the reptilians who came here and interbred with the population on this planet and, and created the first start of the new race, which is us. But somewhere along the lines, I guess humans got pissed. The human aliens got pissed and started interbreeding too. So then we had the human interbred and the, and the, and the human interbred. And this went on for a little while. I guess it got was getting nasty or hostile. But right around the time of Christ, the grays showed up, as best we can tell. And the reason we say right around the time of Christ is because at that, it was like a, a switch. Before that, reptilians were revered and worshipped around the world and lots for lots of different reasons and lots of different ways. Just go look at the Mesoamericans. And for a while, even after Christ, the Mesos were having a hard time getting rid of them. But eventually, so before Christ... Aliens were worshipped on the planet. Reptilians were worshipped on the planet, with, along with these weird deities. And then when Christ came, none of them were worshipped but Jesus and uh, or God. And then the rest of them were just evil. The, the reptilians became demons and things like that. It's kind of weird the way it just flip-flopped. So what the Greys did is said, oh, no, we're not going to have any of this. We're not going to put up with you doing this. It's not going to be any fights going on. We're not going to start any wars here. Uh, we're going to end this right now. So the Greys came along, and somewhere along the line, they also interbred with our population. And what's weird about this is, so you have these three primal races. I mean, these three these three races. So they talk about the, the reptilians being a billion, billion and a half years old. They talk about the reptilians and the, and the human-type aliens being around 500 to 700 million years old. Been around a long time. They've been here colonizing, you know, getting out in the universe and seeing what's going on. And it's a damn big universe, a big galaxy for that matter. Even in 700 million years, you're going to have a hard time mapping the whole damn thing and getting across the whole damn thing. So for some reason, probably light beings at a council sent the grays here to put a kibosh on what was going on. Uh, they said, okay, look, now you've got a damn race that's created probably some half-ass monkey race that now has three of the biggest races in the galaxy's DNA. Well, they weren't going to wipe us out. Don't know why. Just, they just weren't going to wipe us out. So now they watch us and they keep an eye on us. So Think about it. So people say, well, why the alien, alien's DNA different? Because they interbred with us. They're, it it kind of looks like ours now. Or I should say, ours looks like theirs. It's a little strange, but it is true. And then, then at the same time that the um, gray showed up, it looks like RH negative showed up out of the blue. Remember, you know, when we talk about all these things and all this stuff, RH negative is something that would kill babies. Uh, you know, you got to kind of wonder why mother nature would have created it in the first place because it kills babies. Well, now what's interesting about it is it's 15% of the population now and blue and green eyes just recently, not just less than 20 years ago, were only 2%. They're up to 14% now. 
So you can see these mutations are quickly, quickly taken over on our planet. Now, remember, the mutated people, the RH negative people, do not share a gene with the Reese's monkey like the RH positive people did. Ooh, I know it's a little strange. And remember, all of us, doesn't matter who you are, all of you have a reptilian section in your brain. And if anybody doesn't believe that, I'll take a $500 bet right now. Five, I'm saying it on the air. $500 bet right now. <laughs> we'll see how much money you lose. Well, if the Sumerian and, and the Dogon story is true, when the reptilians interbred with us, it left the section. But it's funny. It's the part of the brain that, I don't want to say it makes us who we are, but it's a big part of what makes us who we are. It's the part that makes us stand up for ourselves. It's not the part that makes us go out and start wars. It's just the part that makes us stand up for ourselves. The part that doesn't let you be abused. It's just the part that thinks ahead and wants to move forward. Before that, we were just a slave race. And then we became not a slave race. And here we are today, 2,000 years later, 25,000 years later, if you go by how, how the ancients call it. And we're just kind of waking up and going, wow, what the hell happened to us? Why is it taking us so long to go from this step to that step to this step? And why are we such a, a, a broken planet? I mean, so we're all humans. Everybody on this planet's human. Everybody bleeds red. And they bleed one of, you know, one of the eight blood types. So, but you can say four, but it's eight. Um, what's the difference? I mean, it doesn't matter what color. When you're in a battlefield dying, and they're giving you blood. You're not asking, oh, what color was that person? Because you don't care. You're just glad somebody's blood's going in into you to save you. And the RH negative people, the O negative people, can donate to anybody. They can only take RH negative. They're only 7% of the world's population. They can only take RH negative. Whereas uh, A negative, AB negative, <laughs> well, the two of the two of the two of the rarest is 1.5%. They can take RH negative, but we can't take their blood. So technically, they're not the rarest form of blood on the planet uh, because it's 7% plus 1.5, which would be 8.5% because they can take RH negative blood. So they're not just confined to but RH negative people are confined to RH negative blood. Also, RH negative is the, uh, besides being a universal donor, it's the purest form of blood known to man. It's where all of our hemological research comes from. It's a very important part of who and what we are. And we don't even know how it became. When you ask a scientist, oh, well, how did the RH negative show? Because before this, now people don't know this. Most people don't because they don't take the time to find out. Before RH negative, we were brown hair, brown eyed, brown skinned, and RH positive. There was no RH negative. It did not exist. Blue eyes, green eyes did not exist. They're pretty sure the RH negative is what kicked off the mutation and the blue and green. Well, that's, well, still in China and India, green eyes are rare. Actually, for most of the world, green eyes are rare. There's a few places in the world it's it's a little more common, but still. Well, thank you. I do have green eyes, and my son has green eyes. It's dominant when it's in your family. Once it gets in your family, it's dominant. <clears throat> yeah. Green and blue both are. Uh, they're just mutations. And there's several mutations from them. I mean, green can mutate into several like hazel and other colors. So can blue. There can be six or seven shades. Actually, there be more shades of that than blue. But brown-eyed people still make up 70-75% of the world's population. I like brown eyes. I'm sorry. <laughs> My wife has brown eyes. Uh, yes. Uh, I, it's just one of those things. 
Everybody has their preferences. I mean, do I like having green eyes? I I don't know how to, if I do, if I don't, I've never had any other color eyes and I've had them all my life. And I didn't even know it made a difference until I was well into my twenties. Yeah. Sitting at a bar one night and some girl said, I love a man with green eyes. It smells like Jack Daniels and smokes Winston. And she reached over and kissed me. I was like, okay, that would have been, you know, pre COVID days, people. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just a strange thing. It was a very, very strange night. It's uh, things like that happen. So, but until then, I never even really thought about it. I mean, it was just green as a color. My mom's were green. My daughter's sisters was green. I'm green. I just thought it wasn't a family thing. No big deal. Just, you know, a bunch of people did. I never paid that much attention to it. Not until I got into this research. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Something's weird going on. And Marissa, it is a mutation. Uh, green eye, blue eye, and o, o negative are mutations. Good mutations, mind you. They, they did good for us, but still mutations. Well, it's a weird thing, and there's been several studies done on personalities between o, o positive and O negative. I should say RH negative and RH positive people, and there does seem to be a difference in their personalities. Um, I don't know. I, I can't think of any logical reason why there would be. I mean, personality, I mean, most of it is the way you're bringing in your interaction with other people. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I do, Dean. I have uh, John Goodwin and Emily Goodwin joining me at the top of the hour. They will be stopping by to uh, talk about the Christmas raid in uh, L.A. this year. Mm -hmm. And we are on, on book 40 now. Yes. They have actually wrapped up on the winners for book 39. And uh, away we go. Well, I've been giving away a lot of their books. Oh, a lot of their books and a lot of their, uh, and I'm giving away a lot of lightsabers. I'm giving, I've given away 10 lightsabers now. Mm -hmm. um, actually, total for the 10 lightsabers would be somewhere around six or $7,000. The last two we gave away were $900 each. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. Both the young Obi-Wan and the old Obi-Wan. And then I realized there's a third Obi-Wan, so we got to go in there and get that one too. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, there's Obi-Wan Kenobi from the original, original Star Wars. Then there's young Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series. But I forgot there's Obi-Wan in the new series. I mean, in the new movies. He's different Obi-Wan too. So he's got different lightsabers. So <laughs> I know, it's a pain in the ass. No, it's a lot of fun, actually. We've given away Roz. We've given away, um, well, one of the ones we're giving away soon is Darth Maul's, but we've given away Ray's. We've given away, uh, what's his name? Um, I can't never remember. Um, dang, what is his name? He was the bad guy in uh, the last series. I don't know why I can't ever remember his name. We just recently gave away Darth Maul's. Uh, we've given away Qui-Gon Jinn's. We've given away uh, Master Windu. And we haven't given away... Yeah, we haven't given away Yoda's yet. No, we haven't given away Yoda's yet. Uh -uh. No, but uh, uh, like I said, we've just been going through the series and giving away. And then we've and, uh, we've given away two uh, that were about $400 each. I don't know where mine is at the moment, but we've given away two that weren't part of the series. We just ask a question. We give an email, what number the email it is. You got to be there for and uh, then... If you win, it's shipped directly to you. Not only ship it, they ship it. 
well, part of the deal is we we do this for them, and we're going to be doing this for the next two years probably. That's a deal we cut. And uh, when you get it, they send you a, like an advertisement package uh, and uh, discounts for other stuff and discounts for other lightsabers, stuff like that. Now, I will tell you this. All the lightsabers they're sending you are fighter ready, which means you can go. Yeah, they have lightsaber groups that you like to like fight lightsabers. You can go play. No, I don't. You know, I don't know where mine is. Must, I think it's in the other room, actually. I was, I was, uh, my dogs yesterday. Yes, my little chihuahua, my five pound, she fights back, buddy. She says, I am, I am Darth Chihuahua. Watch it, buddy. Then she pulls out two little baby lightsabers. It's kind of like a mini Yoda. Uh, no, yeah, I think I'm playing, which I'll have to record it for you one time. Put it on. Yeah, she has her own little outfit, her own little lightsabers. That's just how it is, man. She don't play. She said she's the dark one. My other one don't even care. She don't even want to play. She looks at you like, what? Get the hell away from me. <laughs> Leave me alone. But anyway, getting back to what we were talking about. It doesn't matter what religion. You could be Muslim. They've talked about this in great deal. And I, I don't know if the jinns or the jinns or genies or jinns or not, or, or aliens or not aliens, but when you listen to them talk about it, it sounds a lot like an extraterrestrial. That doesn't mean it is. I'm just saying it sounds a lot like it. The Jews, the same thing. The, the Muslims, I mean, Muslim Jews seem to, and, and you can go look at their holy stuff, and there's lots of pictures that they both have too that show you stuff. This is just, um, this is a Catholic religion that we're looking at right now. That That's, you know, let me see. Hold on. Hold on. I love you people, so let me see. Present, share screen with the crazy people online. Religious artwork. Oh, wait, look at that. Okay, so let's see. Going back 30,000 years. So here you go, guys and girls. Let's take a look through it. Look at all the prices up here. Let's see what this one is. Where is that? Right there. See, there's a UFO right there. What the hell you think that is? It looks like a damn UFO to me. Blasting off. This is one that's is behind me. It's my screensaver right now. This is another. That's the same one we looked at from a different angle. Okay, I don't know what this part is. I see the ship right there. Well, I just I don't. They just threw this in here. I mean, that's bullshit. They shouldn't do that. That's not in that picture. I know the picture. There's a picture right there. Uh, whether I'm not sure what they're doing here. I don't know. That's true, Janine. The gods used to like the way they lose fit in clothes. Maybe they, I don't even want to go there. That's part of the other picture we were looking at. And you see this clearly, it's a human. It's not a god. It's not an angel. It's just a human. This is the picture again. This is Jesus on the cross. And there's two of them. And at first it's always a common, but no, there's people inside of them. Here's another one. There's a ship up there, being a light. The beam of light thing seemed to happen a lot in the, uh, back in the day. Uh, it just seemed to happen a lot. Beam me up, Johnny. See, two of them in here. I mean, really. This is ancient artwork. It's not like we're talking about some... 
This every time I see this, I think of the Ark of the Covenant because they say it burns you and puts radiation. I think it's a communication device of some sort. Okay, now I don't know what picture this is. I've never seen this one before. J Jesus being abducted by a spaceship. I'd love to have seen that. What? No, I don't know if it's Jesus. Not just kind of looks like Jesus, but you know. <laughs> well, Glenn. Honestly, Jesus should have been light brown colored. Maybe even medium brown colored. Well, uh, unless he had Roman blood in him. I'm just, we're talking about the Middle East and the, the majority of people who lived in the Middle East. Yes, I know Jews. We're not going there. It's not this, this show for tonight. Save it for one of the, the political shows. Yeah, you can bring it on. We'll talk about it on there. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Come see me on the Centralist on Friday. We'll talk about it. Oh, it tells you that, Jesus. Jesus on a bicycle. Whatever. See, I've never seen these. I don't know where these are coming from. I never heard Mary say... Wait, now he's saying he was an alien? Oh, Jesus. Now you see you got me cussing. You got to be 500 pictures that are legit. And we're going to go find them. See, like these. I mean, why, why use makeup pictures? This may be the one that blew the gate open. You're just hovering over the place. And there seemed to be a lot of them just hovering around, paying attention, just wanting to see what we were doing. Here's another one, just a new one. Well, there's a lot of them out there. Now, you know, people instantly said, Oh, well, this is an alien. I'm like, maybe it is. It does kind of, this guy kind of looks like a demon. You got a face on his ass. Come on, give me a break. I think this guy's a demon. <laughs> just look. Doesn't mean he is. I mean, you don't know what you're going to find on alien worlds, but I just think it's kind of funny. I think the, the face on the ass thing is hilarious, to be honest with you. I may have to put that up on somebody's thing. There's just, there's a lot of these. They're, they're kind of, uh, I don't know why to see, but let me go back. Ah. Let me go back. Yeah, it is. This is actually a legit picture. This is one that was seen. I don't, I don't know. Well, this is just somebody carrying them along. And you see, there's one in the background. There, oh, a lot of these pictures where Jesus or, or Mary was, there's an alien in the background. See, there's a ship in the background. <laughs> oh, man. No, dude. You better hope Jesus ain't around. He gonna, he gonna, oh, I don't know. There might be something special waiting for you. I wasn't there. But no, these are all over the place. This is another one. See the beam of light coming down. There's actually a person sitting here. Mm -hmm. More in the skies. Well, that's supposed to be the Ten Commandments. They're really fascinating, this thing. This kind of looks like an atomic bomb to me, so I'm just going to shut up and move on. Yeah, another one. I mean, they're just... Back here to back... Well, we don't know if a race doesn't have wings. You know, we assume, whoa, whoa, we don't have wings. 
When you go listen to Sumerians, Egyptians, there's all kind of winged people. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't make the, the thing up. We got to take a break in a few minutes because I'm bringing John and Emily on, but there's a lot of this. You know what? Maybe, maybe in the near future, maybe after the holidays. I don't want to do it during the holidays because it's a lot of cause a, a ruckus. But maybe after the holidays, we will look at the five primary religions on earth and see what we can find artwork wise for them extraterrestrial related. Well, this this is basically the same scene as the other scene, but the UFOs are different. Yeah, they're like this instead of like those. That's a peacock. Yeah, I heard somebody ask that earlier. And see, this woman has a little light beam right there, and it goes right on up to the ship. Gray's sitting on his crown. And there's a lot of it. By the way, in some of the Vatican and some of the other artwork around the world, some of the, not, I shouldn't say artwork, but uh, carvings in the buildings, there's quite a few that predict extraterrestrials. It's just it's just strange that that far back uh, that we would be seeing these. Not, these are the ones that fascinate me most, whether it has anything to do with religion or not. Anything you know, pre-1784 I'm interested in because nothing was flying in the skies. And there are a lot, I don't know about this one, but there's lots of pictures of greys and hieroglyphics. Also lots of pictures of saucers and hieroglyphics and what looks to be like planes and other things. It's just some of this stuff is fascinating, but we don't see. There it is in the background there again. So we just don't know what we don't know. I guess that's what it comes down to. But anyway, we're going to close this up because we got to go. I got to go to a break right quick. Yes, we're going to take a break right quick. So everyone stay tuned to stay tuned United Public Radio. And we come back, I'm going to have uh, John Goodwin and his lovely wife, Emily, with us. And we'll go from there. So stay tuned, everyone. Hey, don't be getting ruckusy, people.
You're listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo. Wow, I doubled up on that one. Oh, look who's here with us. Where'd y'all come from? Lucky. You just can't be popping in. I don't know who these people are. Just pop in there. Gosh, you know, tell them what kind of strangers they let in tonight, man. How are y'all doing? I know y'all busy, busy, huh? Thanksgiving. So happy, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Hope y'all can have a good one. So y'all what four days now, huh? We're Ladies what? and gentlemen, y'all have no idea what we're talking about. So I just asked, asked four <laughs> days, 27th, right? Yes. 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 So four so, days until. Till. The well, Christmas parade. So if y'all are out in LA, or let me just put it this way if you're out in California and it's the 27th and you want to go see a Christmas parade, be sure to go out and see, go out in LA and catch us. And remember, chant Emily, Emily. Emily, y'all better. If I don't hear nobody chant, I'm gonna be pissed. Emily, I'm already mad at y'all because I didn't win a trophy this year. All across the country. Hey, 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 I can hear. I got friends out there. I know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, I always know what's going on. You got out here. Do any of them want to be able to go to the parade? You know, that's a good idea. They need to go to the parade remotely. Yeah. Oh, hold on, guys. Sorry, <laughs> Mike. If that's you with a headset there, uh, you know, I know a lot of people out there in LA that need to be going to the parade and have some fun and enjoy their lives and behave. You know, I just realized too, Nicole's out there too, and she's been rather depressed lately. That might actually cheer her up. Um, maybe. Where's my damn lightsaber? So I can. You know, lucky I don't have my lightsaber here with me. Oh. <laughs> it's it's it was. I was telling them earlier it was busy uh, attacking my dogs last night. So, you know, hey, my chihuahua's got home. Oh, you know, my little black chihuahua, she got her own little outfit with two little lightsabers that spin. So, I've, and she sees it on her back paws and they're, come on, dad, let's fight. Yeah. What can I say? She thinks she's Darth Chihuahua. I don't know what the hell she's thinking, man. <laughs> she thinks she's evil. So, uh, real quick, because I know y'all could get out of here pretty soon. What is, in, what is all the work? And what I mean, just tell me about this thing. So, start to, you can't tell me finish. So, we ain't got that far yet, but just start, start to, from start to where you are right at the moment. Well, I was born in Canada. No, they said you're not a Canadian anymore. I got to tell you that. The Canadians said you're not a Canadian anymore. Uh, <laughs> and wait, wait. They go, well, she's a U.S. I said, no, she's not a U.S. She's an L.A. girl now. <laughs> I'm also hanging up. <laughs> See, All right. talk we, about you. You we, see that, huh? We have the Hollywood Christmas Parade coming up. It's super exciting for us. It's big. It's like the biggest community event that every year in Hollywood here. We have uh, hundreds of thousands of people lining the streets. It's a big event, and this is the 90th anniversary. John and I work on this event every year. Um, our wait, wait, the 90th? Did you say yeah. 90th? 90th anniversary. You need one of y'all 90 years old. Give me a break here. What's going on now? Oh, oh, oh so y'all vampires. Oh, I got the truth now. It slipped out. I see what's Take going off on. my mask. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, go ahead, baby. Uh, I so- couldn't resist. Yeah, as per usual. Uh, so basically, it's the 90th anniversary, and John and I have been involved for about 15 years. We helped put on the parade. We host the green room and uh, help get volunteers for the parade and promote it and so forth. So uh, it's a big deal in Hollywood. We get about a couple hundred thousand people out uh, to watch it, and then we also um, 
it airs live or not live. It's actually live on the street. And then it gets edited to a broadcast. And if anybody is not in Los Angeles and wants to catch it on TV, it'll be on the CW network on the 16th of December at 8 p.m. So anybody can watch it there. It's prime time. And it's a, it's a whole lot of fun, a lot of celebrities. There's a whole concert that happens. And so it's a mix between the concert and the parade. And we ourselves are, you know, from our publishing side of life, where we publish the L. Ron Hubbard fiction books, we've got a big five-story balloon in the parade. It's a pirate. It's Captain Tom Bristol from Under the Black Ensign, and he'll be making his way down the boulevard. And um, a lot of floats. Santa will be there. And we have all, you know, because it's Hollywood, we have all the Hollywood cars and what do we have? Kit and uh, Back to the Future car and all kinds of- I want to come ride in Kit. You want to ride in Kit? I want to ride in Kit. It's, the, it's like a thing from when I was young. I want to go ride in Kit. I, I mean, it. I've driven a car like Kit, but not the real one. So we have Mach 5 Speed Racer. We've got uh, Lightning McQueen. Um, oh, they got the Fast and the Furious Fast and the Furious cars. cars. We Mad need Max. Mad Max, Bluesmobiles, Magnum PI, Miami Vice. Man, I got some good Jeep. ones. Um, Duke of Hazards. We got the General Lee. We got Back to Future DeLorean. Um, the Dream Truck, Marty McFly's Dream Truck. Um, Night Rider. Smoking the Bandit. Herbie the Love Bug. Ghostbusters, Elect Electromobiles. Transformers, Bumblebee. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Van. Green Horn, Black Beauty. James Bond, Austin Martin. So all those cars will be there. That's an excellent group because people, y'all gonna if you're a car collector, you just like having fun on cars. That's a great group to be yeah. watching. Yeah. yeah. I could think about a dozen of those I'd steal. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I'd bring Martha with me. Let me take your car for a ride. <laughs> Let me take it down to Tijuana, baby, to the chop shop. Man, so fun. Oh, no. You know, when I got out to Navy, I was stationed in San Diego. Um, I actually rented a, a black and gold Trans Am to go cruising uh, down to Tijuana. We went down to Tijuana, and then we went down to Baja Peninsula about, oh, God, way the hell down there. We had two weeks off, so we just wanted to go hang out in Mexico. It was a very strange place because I realized after three days in Mexico, we got so far that they didn't have indoor bathroom anymore, indoor plumbing, actually. <laughs> had great hotels, but <laughs> no indoor plumbing, which was just a little weird. But, hey, you got used to it. I had a great time. It was beautiful down there. It really wow. is. I, I imagine it's all resort now, but um, it was really pretty down there. And a friend of why are we in LA? I said, I've seen enough of the, I've seen enough of Los Angeles, San Diego to last me about five years. <laughs> Cause you know, I was stationed. Uh, one of my friends was a uh, Hilton. I'm not going to say who he was, but he's a Hilton. And uh, I kept asking why the hell did you join in the Navy? And then two of our friends were from Boston, from wealthy families. And they're all like, well, we need to go to every place they could possibly think of in LA. We went to, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Every, every place, any place we could get into. And some places we weren't allowed because we were in the Navy, which mm -hmm. was funny. And, uh, and it was we we stopped at this one place. You know, all our heads are still mostly shaved. The guy said, uh, "What branch of the service?" Navy said, "Sorry, you can't let you in." I'm like, "What?" He said, "Can't let you in." I was like, "What?" And then we went to go on a tour. One was it MG or one? I can't. Who Warner Brothers? One of them wouldn't let us in either. Why not? They said because when they come out of boot camp, they tend to cause trouble. And oh. I, I can't deny that. Wow. You know, we were out getting in trouble the whole time we were out. So, guys, I can't wait for these cars. So, what kind of balloons we got? Wait, do we have enough balloons we can hook up to one car and float it suck out of there? Man? Well, we, we were going to have you come out. And, uh, I know, I'm still bummed about that. And, and then we can wave. Bye bye. We're going to fill up too. Uh, I'm still bummed yeah, about so that. We have, you know, there's a big Betty Boop balloon and there's Christmas ornaments and candy canes and Mighty Mouse and. 
gosh, uh, there's a gingerbread man, there's a toy soldier, all kinds of balloons. And there's a pirate. Our pirate. A pirate. Our pirate. Our. Yes, we need we need a pirate. You gotta have pirate in every parade. Yeah. It's a, I was I was laughing. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he's uh he said, oh man. I said, well, if you go out there, call, let me know. And I said, I, I got some friends out there. I'll tell you. And he's like, he's one to bring. He said, man, I fly my whole family. I said, dude, he's got a little money. He said, it's not that bad, but right now things have been on the expensive side. And he's like. Cause he's been craving to go out to LA for like the last six months for some reason. Mm. He kept going out and going. Out. I said, just get on a plane and go. He said, I said, go out, get on a plane and go. I said, now it's a good time to go. I said, the weather's nice out there. They got the, they got the big parade you can go to on the 27th and you got family out there. I said, you ought to go. He said, I might, I might, he can't make up his mind. He, he can't make up his mind what he wants to eat most of the time. <laughs> so eventually he'll go up. He'll just show up out there. I don't know how he is, but uh, he's he just loves. He, I don't know. He's been in LA about a dozen times. He just loves it out there. Wow. And the bad part is, if he really wanted to, he could move and work from there. He just, he just, I don't know. He said the traffic's too bad. It is pretty rough. And right now, it's horrific because it's the oh, I can imagine. Well, I was watching the weekend of traffic is just, oh, yeah. it's just like amazing. I good. watch, um, I got a bunch of things on my phone that shows weather around the country. LA is one of them, and, and New York's one of them. Man, they were talking about New York. They're closing all these streets down and not letting people on them, and people are getting hostile because they're not. Oh, it's Christmas. I mean, you know, it's going to be too much traffic. Even New Orleans closes some of the streets down. Like anytime we have a big thing in Mardi Gras or anything around the quarter, we close the quarter down. Nobody's allowed. I mean, you can go in there. You just got to walk. You can't drive. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it does because there's too many there's too many pedestrians out there on the streets yeah. and and drunk it or whatever they are and uh having a good time so it's just yeah. it's just feasible. and holiday christmas is a kitty holiday kids are going to be everywhere roaming okay. all over the place you know just getting into general mischief and uh wait who what no my kids are grown buddy and i think kids are heathens either whoever wrote that to me just now it's a uh, no mine's growing he's 37 matter of fact i'll show you later he's helping me put in my flooring in my house and <clears throat> yeah that's what i was doing all day today putting floor by the way whoever wrote that earlier my house is a disaster i'll tell you real quick two seconds my house is an utter disaster. I can't find anything. Half my closet's rolling around on rollers. I said, because we're, we, we're just ripping out one room at a time. It's just, a, and I got so much crap in here. It's, it's insane. Uh, but the floors are beautiful. The new floors are just, I'll have to send you a picture. They're gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, I can't, Denise, no. Okay, real quick. If it, Doing it myself, it's going to cost me $7,000 to do my floors. If I hired a contract, it'd be $17,000 to do my floors. Since I am a contractor, I decided to do it to self save team. Yes, I could spend that. I don't know one something, maybe a trip to Europe. Mm, okay, I could take a half a friend to Europe for ten grand, but still. So, what's your favorite float? You got to have a favorite. Well, you know, I think the big favorite every year on the floats is the Santa Claus float. Uh, he's like closes the parade, and it's a huge sleigh, and he's with the U.S. Marine Corps. Uh, because it's the launch every year. The Hollywood Christmas Parade is the launch for the U.S. Marine Corps Toys for Tots. Mm -hmm. So Santa rides with uh, some of the Marines, and uh, that's a really spectacular float. Yeah, and I bet you it's a lot of fun too. Yeah, yeah, so, next year too, because it's the 90th anniversary. There's 100 Marines in the in the Marine Corps yeah. marching band, so there's 100 yeah. Marines there that'll be opening the parade um, to make it a real big. I mean, it, it's it's a major deal. 90 years. Um, yeah, it is. It's a big deal because you know a lot of stuff in our country don't last that long, or it tries to, and it collapses somewhere along the line or yeah, something. Seventy-five years for the for the Marine Corps Toys for Tots, so they're just coming out to just do a major number on this stuff, just excitement and uh, 
and the uh, just enthusiasm about the holiday season giving it's, it's the biggest uh, Christmas charity in the United States. So and, they give away uh, more toys than any other charity in the U.S. for the holidays. Uh, uh, Jane from Florida just asked, uh, how many people are involved in it? A lot. Yeah, um, a lot. She's in charge of our volunteers, so we yeah. a lot. There are hundreds of volunteers that help put the parade on itself and then participants in the parade. I mean, there's 90, just, just talent for riding in cars and being in the parade itself. There are 90 talent. And then we have another dozen or so marching bands and we have uh equestrian groups we have all those cars that we talked about i mean blues um that's uh, what's his name uh the late night tv show he's gonna have one of his cars there i can't think of his name right oh, now jay leno? jay leno yeah leno yeah he just had an accident recently <laughs> maybe you should stay away from some cars for a while then <laughs> but, uh, Hosts for the parade, we have um, Eric Estrada from Chips, Montel Williams, Laura McKenzie, and Dean Kane. You probably remember him, Superman. And they'll be hosting, and uh, it's it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, lots of energy. It will have you know. There's grandstand. So, so two questions: how how far does it go, and how long does it last? Three point two miles long. So it starts at Hollywood and Orange. Goes all the, if you know anything about Hollywood. So it goes down Hollywood Boulevard to Vine, and then south on Vine to Sunset Boulevard, and then back up Sunset Boulevard and back up to Orange. So it's a very long parade. So it's about where when you were there at the um, it's a hotel. It's like when you got to the hotel, it's, you're right there. It's at Orange. So it starts there, and then the, it's in the front of. Um, it's now called Ovation. It was Hollywood and Highland, the big complex there where the, like the Oscars are held. That's where it starts. Yeah, like the Chinese theater, the famous yeah. Chinese theater is right where it starts. Yeah, which is just next to our offices, and that's why we're able to be the green room so so successfully because everybody's in there, and then just on our parking structure, which you you've seen before too, on the fourth floor, um, all the celebrities get into the cars. The cars are all parked on the roof. They drive down to the fourth floor, and then they load into the into the car, and then they drive down uh, onto the street. And then get on to it's basically there's a shoot that, that takes him right into the uh, parade, and that's when it starts right there. They're right there in front of the hosts being welcomed to the Hollywood Christmas parade. See, yeah. and then Danny Trejo is our is our grand marshal this year. Yeah, uh, Denise she's actually from LA. She said, "What's the best viewpoint?" Hmm, it's a great spot. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of action. Oh. Where's the Winter Wonderland? That's a great spot to be by. Um, well, if you don't have if you don't have tickets, the grandstands is always the best because that way, they're everything because that's where it's all being filmed and taped. Um, but the next a really cool spot there is by we, we have a thing called Winter Wonderland, and it's um, a little bit further like east. McCadden? Yeah, it's it's by McCadden and uh, Hollywood Boulevard, and it's uh, you can't miss it because it's the only huge uh, Christmas tree setting. It's there's one. 50 foot tall Christmas tree and about 30 other Christmas trees there that are all set up, decked out as a, as a big wonderland scene. And there's a big Santa house. So that's a good place that's to a be nice able to see, place it. To see yeah. it. Cause that's just after the, the grandstands, like about a block or two past the grandstands. And that's mm -hmm. a good place. And then, and then, you know, really anywhere on the parade out is a good place, but, um, 
Those are two. And also at uh, Hollywood and Vine is a good spot too. So how many Christmas trees y'all have around the city now? I know there's always a big one wherever the city hall is, but it's uh... a really big one on the boulevard. The, the 50 foot one that John was talking about, that's there at the winter wonderland. And then along the boulevard, you know, we have, we're, we're the LA. We have palm trees. They, they light up palm trees down here. <laughs> <laughs> they do that in a lot of places. I live in the South. There's lots of palm trees down here. Yeah. It's uh, more so towards when you get closer to Florida, but uh, for some reason in Louisiana and Mississippi, there's a lot along the coast, but once you get inland a little way, there's not too many of them. Yeah. The closer you get to Florida, all of Florida is just covered in palm trees. I'm like, really, people? Yeah. It is. A, now, I hate to say it, but I got a big, huge one in my backyard. A big, big palm tree? Suck as this big around. Yeah. Uh, been here, I've been here 10 years. It was probably did 20 years before I got here. Uh, so, But I won't I won't shave it down so it'll get tall. I want it to get fat. I don't, you know, if it gets too tall, it becomes a threat to my house. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> it's just one of the things when you live in, in a hurricane community, but it's it's a great tree. You know, um, I like when they light up the palm trees, when they put the leaves, uh, when they put the um, lights on the leaves themselves and the veins yeah, and they good. shimmer in the wind. I like that. I think it's pretty. It's, yeah. um, I know Budweiser did a commercial. I think Coke did a commercial like that. And both of them made a good bit, of, a good deal of money on both those commercials. It's, uh, you know, down here, it's weird. They light up uh, all the casinos. Light up. They put big 30-foot trees in all the casinos. Uh, the one, uh, Beau Ravage, they got the Coca-Cola. They got the uh, Coca-Cola Wolves winter display. So hmm. you walk by the wolves are looking at you. They turn your head and look at you like, hey, you look like lunch, man. Yeah. And they all kind of got polar bears and they all kind of stuff. It's really pretty. It's uh, they they spent a lot of money on it, whatever they did, and and people flocked to see it every year. You know, sure. when I was a kid, there was always some Macy's had something, or one of the other, or, or Maison Blanche had something, or Holmes. Anyway, one of the big there was always a scene you could go through to go see Santa Claus on the way, and they were always really nice. And then all of a sudden, that kind of went away at a dodo bird. I don't know where they went to, and you don't really see anymore. You do see like uh, city park lights up the park. You know, we got all those big fabulous oak trees all over the place, so they they light them up, but. It's a little different now. It's kind of it's kind of strange. No, what do you mean, COVID? Uh, wait, say, Beyonce, my ass. Um, anyway, Beyonce wants to know if there's any COVID restrictions. I'm sorry, um, I couldn't stop laughing when I read the name. Yeah, I mean, it's an outdoor event, and it's 70 degrees out warm here in in Los Angeles, and that's why it's a three mile route to be spread out. And, uh, you know, last year we did a parade and, and it turned out all right. So, yeah. And what we will do is for all the people coming into our green room, we do, we do temperature checks and making sure and we ask them if you've been sick around somebody that's been sick, just because yeah, it is those participating in the parade. We, we, you know, make sure that everybody's well before arriving and spreading. Yeah. Things. I mean, right now it's not real bad. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to knock on wood behind me here, but it hasn't been really crazily bad so far this year. And, uh, and thank God, you and I and other places, we live in states that's not going to get really freezing cold, so we still yeah. be outside and, and getting involved. Uh, and people, look, if it gets, if it comes back, pay attention, behave, so it goes over faster. I don't want to yeah. spend two years locked in a house. I, I can't even tell you how much money I lost in two years. Yeah. Uh, geez, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> we also have, um, Laura McKenzie and Erica Strada. Um, they will be handing out masks. There are thousands of masks that just arrived. See, today. it's a bummer. I wanted to meet Mr. Sexy Estrada. Say, hey, baby, how you doing? How you swinging at Estrada? I'm going to probably turn purple. He's um, a very funny guy. He's very. You know, it's, it's funny because we were in, uh, I had met him. I don't want to say I met him. 
we uh, we were introduced to him at a Mardi Gras parade, and uh, he was one of the uh, people riding. He was a really nice guy. I mean, you know, yeah. he just. Very you know, every, every, every was drinking. He was really polite, which was amazing to start off because a lot of these people who come ride are kind of snotty. Uh, not all of them. I mean, it, it's, it's 50, 50. I mean, it goes back and forth. I mean, John Goodman came down, he jumped off the damn float and got in the damn ground with everybody. <laughs> He's wanting to go party, man. I think that's why he moved to New Orleans. He's like, yeah, these people are great. <laughs> I was like, no, calm down. dude. You don't know these people. They're crazy. <laughs> it's a, uh, so Man, so we, oh, that's right. Y'all can't do boats because the boat, the water's on the other side. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I just realized when I said that. It's a. Uh, so where's it end again? Right by the In and Out Burger on uh, <laughs> sunset on Sunset. Boy, these people must love y'all. In and Out must. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might need to take some stock of that one store, man. Well, In and Out. We've also got a truck, an In and Out truck that's that's coming to. Uh, they have these big service vans. And so they're providing your your catering, basically our, yeah. our room. I'm moving to LA and open a Whataburger. Show y'all what a real hamburger tastes like, man. <laughs> y'all be freaking out. Oh man, Damn. you know, I guess it's a health food thing in California. They don't put enough ground beef in a hamburger for me. I'm, look, when we when we get it's like this. Yeah, <laughs> we just get a. I mean, I, I've had plenty of Whataburgers. Oh wait, don't get me wrong. The uh, the uh, now the Whataburgers in Texas gonna bite. But uh, I like the in and out burger. I don't think it was a bad burger or anything. I'm just, you know, we, like, if we go to Frost Top or somewhere like that, the, the burgers are always, like, this thick. But there's there's no Frost Tops hardly anywhere anymore. Whataburger you can catch. The only reason I like Whataburger is because they started off with a mustard base instead of a mayonnaise base. But um, there's lots of hamburger joints. But there's no, there's, it goes right back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. There's just no real fast food in the city. Nobody. Yeah, well, you just, just on, on the, on the bird, you, you can get a two by two, three by three, four by four. You can get whatever size you want to yeah. with uh, in and out, and just you can no, make, I, I, if you can make draws, you can make a six inch, <laughs> a six by six. There you go. That's there, there, cardiac arrest waiting there. Yeah. No, I, I actually, Carol, they had the hamburger was good. Yeah, it had good yeah. flavor to it. They don't I freeze stopped, their, um, freezer meat and the and the potato. They take potatoes. I was and, with uh, Chris. Made me get one. Yeah. Yeah, well, with the potatoes, they, they, they take the potatoes and they right there, they, they slice them inside there and then they put them in the deep fryer. So they went from potatoes to French fries within a matter of a few minutes. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Um, Denise, oh, I don't know about what kind of food they're going to have out on the streets, but I will tell you this. Last year when I was out there, they had a couple of vendors on the street. I think it was Friday night. They had good food. Chris and I stopped and a couple of people just stopped and all ate. And, I, you know, I was surprised because, you know, we tell people there are food vendors down here you can eat on the street and some you should stay away from. But I was like, I was happy. So I don't know. I mean, is, are they going to be out on the streets or how's that going to work? Will be, There'll there be will some be. there. And a lot of the restaurants are just jam packed. Yeah. yeah well, I can understand Local that. Yeah. Is also donating a bunch of pizzas for the green room. And they said, mm. we can't do any more than this. Cause we're just, we're just jammed. Which yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Once, once you get packed in, you're just stuck to what you got until you can get them out. It's uh, a, right. uh, and then that's the thing. A lot of restaurants down here say, well, if you come in, they, oh, they want to use the bathroom where you got to buy something to eat. So yeah. then, then it's like you got to wait in line for 30 minutes to get something to eat. It's yeah. just, I think it's funny sometimes. Uh, Chris, what do you, wait, wait, Mike, what are you saying? No, you said in and out. No, it, it, no. That's where the parade ends at by the in and out. So you, when you get off by the parade and go pig out, it's right there on Orange and Sunset. Which that, is that way you can, you can just munch out to your, your delight and go home. Yeah. You don't want to go home and cook after you've been hanging out on a parade all day, getting in trouble. Well, parades are funny things. You know, parades sometimes they tell you, oh, it's going to be two hours and it ends up being six hours. 
You, you just they don't always go the way they're no, supposed to go. It should be right about two hours. It's pretty timed, and uh, because there are a lot of families and it's an evening parade, it really starts at five thirty. Uh, you know, the kids they don't keep them up too late, so uh, it, it it's pretty hard to finish. It doesn't go. It will not go on for six hours. Yeah, because it's turned into a two-hour broadcast. Yeah. So yeah. it's also run really tight because it, the the producers are used to doing. Uh, specials on television they, they, that's what they produce and so when they took over the parade they ran it like they do um they run the daytime emmys so they run it like that where it's just like boom 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 they they keep on schedule jack who told you no that the parades in mattery are four hours now the parades in a city can be six or eight hours because that's they got weird turns they're going to make there's always some kind of bs happens up there some you know but in the mattery part of new orleans no it's about four hours yeah, and they th then they're throwing stuff the entire time. God knows how much these people spend to, to ride in these parades. When, the last time I rode, it cost me a grand. That was 20 years ago. I can only imagine what it costs today. But tw people grand let 20 years ago was like 10 grand today. I'm just, just, just saying. No they, don't, no, they don't do that kind of stuff. They just go around and enjoy themselves. I was looking forward to going. That's why I was aggravated. Uh, well, at least, at least I might be out there. Now, you see, these, these BS people. So I might be spending 28 weeks in LA or I might be spending 28 weeks in, in New York. So they asked me where I'd rather be. I said, I'd rather go to LA for 28 than New York. He's like, well, I said, first off, it's cold in New York. <laughs> I don't want to go to New York. And New Yorkers don't take this the wrong way. I love, I got a lot of friends in New York. We have five hosts from New York, but I'm just not a big fan of your city. I'm sorry. Uh, I just, I've been to your city a couple of times. I'm just, eh, just too much traffic, too much aggravation. And uh, the food is so, so. I hate to say LA's got better food than, than than New York does. Wow. Look, people, I'm from New Orleans. We got better food than everybody does. But uh <laughs> but the only only place that even competes with us is Paris and they barely hanging on these days. Um uh, we got oh, we got five five star restaurants now. Four I'm sorry, five, four and one, two fives. And I get confused sometimes because the Michelin stars move around for some reason. Um yeah, if you want to come pick out, it's a good thing. But I, I want to see all y'all. I want to see y'all go out to the parade in Los Angeles and have a good time and enjoy yourselves and stay out of trouble and uh, bring your kids and your family, bring your grandma and your grandpa, bring everybody. Yeah, you know, go out there. Yeah, well, you know, LA's got them stupid scooters all over the place. So you just hop a scooter and go. That's the, you know, you cannot have them scooters in New Orleans, right? Because they'd be stealing them suckers oh, left and right. That's smart. There's, there's crazy. You got all these laws about motorcycles, and then you get a scooter. You can you got these kids riding a scooter with no helmets, no nothing. They're just they're right shooting on. all over the place in front of cars and oh, just yeah, and they're riding on the sidewalk and stuff. Chris was when it came between me and Chris, we both looked at him and said, Show me. He said, No, we'll be nice. <laughs> we'll let him slide. They're drunk, they're having a good time, which I mean I'm glad they're having a good time, but scooter gets you killed just as fast as a motorcycle will. So right. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure about that. And uh Atlanta's trying it, I noticed when I was up there, but Atlanta's got it a little bit different they seem to have rules for it but i understand the helmet thing you can't really put a helmet on there even if you could lock it on you don't want to put a helmet on that you don't know whose head's been in there in the right. lights or something so i mean i can understand that but no when i when i talked to them i talked to him actually this morning and he's saying yeah we we are coming to some good understandings and uh, i know they're going to be in uh, tuesday and uh, we're going to do a shoot in new orleans and then they're flying out and then they're coming back the week before christmas and we're going to do a shoot in honey island and they're all scared to go to Honey Island, by the way. I didn't, I didn't take y'all there, but next time I see you, get you around here, I'll have to take you out. But 
it's uh it, it could be a scary place but you're with but me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna let nothing happen to you i mean come on no aliens gonna get nobody's getting probed unless you aggravate me then that's a different story <laughs> i'll leave you out there let the pigs eat you but i remember i brought a filming crowd there one time and we were out there and they all got their cameras set up and a whole like 60 hogs come running through the middle of it, knocking cameras over like so insane. They're all scared. They're on top of their trucks. He said, you didn't even move. I said, because if I don't move, they'll just go around you, dummy. I said, you should have just stood in front of your equipment. They went around. I said, once you start running, they, they're looking at you like you're a target or something. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't, because they, they're used to humans. I mean, a lot of them come, they're feral now, but a lot of them came from uh, hogs that were, were tame. So they when they see a human, they just tend, have a tendency to go around them. Unless you're yeah. bleeding, and then you're dinner, uh, and you know there's other stuff out there, alligators, and they say there's no panthers, even though two have been captured out there, which I'm confused about. <laughs> there's no panthers out there, really. Who caught them two panthers out there? What's going on? It's a strange pace, but they want to do it. They want to do a shoot out there, so but they can't make up their mind. They keep going. They've actually been going between three cities. They've been going between L.A., D.C., and um, I don't know why they want to go to D.C. and New York, and so. I said, LA's got more people that you're looking for than this. It, actually, what I told them was not so much LA, but the West Coast actually is more conducive for what they want to do people wise. Mm-hmm. There's more of them living in them areas and, you know, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, what Washington. Yeah, thinking, what about like, yeah, around uh, Area 51? That- yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's just yeah. better. It's a better place to shoot. You know, I mean, just, you know, and besides, I don't want to be walking around in snow all day long. I get aggravated after a while. So, people, you need to go out and see this prey because I, w- I want to hear firsthand stuff because hmm. Emily's going to be working, so she ain't going to know what the hell's going on. She's just going to be working. She ain't going to see the prey. She's just going to be nonstop working. Yeah. Uh, well, Dean, wait, was somebody calling you there? Oh, no, Dean. Wait, what? Oh. Oh, wait. You want a dollar for every minute Emily's working? No shit on that. I want a dollar for every minute Emily's working. What are you talking about? I can retire next year, man. What are you talking about? Yes, I do talk. She she works a lot. She's she's a workaholic, but she's maybe workaholic's not the right word because she enjoys what she does. Most of the time when I see her, she's running around with a smile on her face, which is a good thing. Because when you, you got a lot of stuff going on and you're responsible for a lot of stuff, and she is responsible for a lot of stuff, and she's still got a smile on her face, it's a good thing. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, well, not everybody gonna have. Some people get grumpy and cranky, you know. And she might every once in a while. I, I mean, I have personal seen her, so don't don't take it like that. But I mean, everybody has her moments, but. Every time I see her, she's smiling. Every night, sometimes I see she's a little tired. She's ready to go upstairs. Good night, night. But uh, for the most part, she's she's a happy-go-lucky. And she's she, people. Some of us like to stay busy. John likes to stay busy. I mean, I love staying busy. Look, I could have took this whole week off. What am I doing? Reflooring my house. You know, uh, I had to stay down here because of you know Netflix. So I didn't have a choice. I couldn't leave. But I could have just took the week off messed around you know all my customers know i was off this week so no what i'm gonna do no i'm gonna put a new floor and all throughout my house <laughs> i'm not doing my bedrooms till after christmas but uh, all the rest of the floor in the house is getting done that's good yeah yeah yes oh it's beautiful hardwood too of course i put real hardwood in my house what are you crazy people i'm putting that cheap crap in my house um, I'll put it in your house, but I ain't putting it in my house. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Actually, people, all the plank flooring these days, uh, from about a dollar sixty nine all the way up to about ten dollars, is really good stuff. So I'll just tell you that now. Most of it is really good. There's just some stuff that you might find, but for the most part, it's all good. Good products. It's way more. People like it better than ceramic. They like it better than vinyl. It's just all around good prop, and it makes your house look really nice. Nice. 
and for not you know putting you in a poorhouse. What do you mean, John? Where you went, John? John, what? John's not riding on the floor. He's he's waiting for his Emily, the boss Emily, to tell him what the hell to do. That's what he's waiting on. <laughs> no, I'd love to see John afloat. Look, I'd like bring him down here and put him on the floor. It'd be hilarious. I'd have a, I'd have more fun watching John and the people around. It. What we have is I've done so far. I've done the interview several times before. We have a special green room segment that we do as the host, and uh, this year. Uh, it's being split into two pieces. We have the Winter Wonderland where they're going to be, um, they'll have a crew going there and shooting that just because we're giving away a bunch of uh, our books, Stories from the Golden Age books, which are all these Pulp Fiction books written by Mr. Hubbard in the 30s and 40s. So we give those to all these underprivileged mm -hmm. kids. And we have um, our celebrity this year, Jason Doring. Jason Doring. Um, he was from the Veronica Mars show. He's done a lot of other stuff too. He's done some military shows, but that was his, his big big part they had there a couple of years ago he was a he was a regular for several seasons um but he's one he's also going to be in our green room um talking about author services with the green room and he's gonna be talking about also just a whole big thing that that we work with too because we work heavily with the church of scientology you know with with Elron hubbard's all of his we do all of his fiction books but there's a whole big um campaign that we do basically around the world with our volunteer ministers of, of helping people, you know, disasters. We've done lots of different disaster relief type stuff. Yeah. But in, in Los Angeles, we've been doing a lot of stuff because of the holidays, um, working with a lot of, um, of the charity organizations, uh, religious organizations to help provide um, some type of holiday cheer for these kids that otherwise don't get it. And it, it's crazy. I mean, we've given probably close to, 100,000 books over the years to Toys for Tots and whatnot. And the number of kids that don't even have a single book, it's just, crazy. it's just, it's so unreal to me that somebody doesn't even have a book. You know, I've got hundreds. I read a book a week because I have to do one for every time I do a podcast. You know, it's funny you brought that up because just recently, um, one of the uh, Mississippi's, oh, what the hell, it's, um, they care for, um, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's kids that are in adoption and kids that are in foster homes. And they were, they had called me and said, well, I heard you were giving away books. I said, yeah, why well, you need some? And they said, yeah. So they're going to contact me sometime. I'll, I'll, in the I'll let you know how it works out. In the let future. me know. So, that. Yeah, so. We can provide more and, books. Uh, they, um, it was just, it caught me out of blue. Cause you know, I'm looking at my phone going, is this a spam call? And I, and I just flicked it on for some reason and she started talking. I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, I said, I'm really busy this week. I said, but don't just call me Monday or Tuesday. And I said, we'll get something worked out. She's like, really? I said, oh, yeah. I said, we'll, we'll get you hooked up so they got something to read. I said, I, I'm, I'm, I said, believe it or not, I'm big into literacy. Because, you know, I, people all the time say, oh, you don't like to read. And I said, I don't like to read now. I said, when I was young, I read all the time. I said, now. I'm usually reading work stuff or stuff at the station or stuff like that. So I don't get as much entertaining, but at least, you know, I can flip on the pad and listen. Yeah. You got your pad. Yeah. So this weekend I'm going to try to get, and listen to fear. If I get the okay. time, I'm going to try to listen to it. And if it scares me too much, I'm coming finding you too. <laughs> Please do. You. Yeah. I'm going to tell y'all. room for you. Um, Chris, what? Tickets. I don't know where you get tickets. Where do you get tickets at? So the grandstand tickets are sold out, but otherwise it's free. Anybody can watch the parade. I mean, that's only 300 feet of the parade. I mean, you can go anywhere and watch it. So it's free. I would text John and say, Mr. John, can I have a ticket? That's what I'd do. Can I have a candy, Mr. John? <laughs> that's what I'd do. 
Uh, no, Marsh, I really, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not going to be out there. I want to be out there and I'd be harassing the whole time I was out there, but, uh, mm-hmm. oh no, I love these two guys. I really do. I have nothing but nice. I pick on them a lot, but I have nothing but nice things to say about both of them. When they're not around, I talk good about them all the time. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm you shows you talk about when you talk about her. I, I heard, I heard one of your shows, and you didn't know I was listening, but that's okay. I- yes, Emma, you know I love you. She's <laughs> if you listen to the whole thing, you'd have heard the rest of it. But uh, it's uh, uh, what John? Oh, we got another John. You're in L.A. They just told you where to go. Hollow Boulevard. Go, go and enjoy. And again, don't forget to be chanting Emily. I'm, look, it, see, y'all lucky I ain't out there because I'd be leading and I have a whole group around me. Emily, Emily. And they, they, as the famous people went by, they go, who's Emily? I'm like, Emily, she can be next time. Emily. I'd be getting her interviews. She'd have Hollywood people calling, Emily, why are you chanting your name? You'd have people very confused. Emily, yeah, then, you know, that's that's no. half the life. That's half the world anyway. Might as well, might as well keep them that way. <laughs> no, uh-uh. You, you mean Chan John? Y'all can Chan John. Get out there. Y'all can Chan John too. Well, if we're going to Chan, Chan John and Emily, you're going to have to use their last name then. <laughs> or you can go, Mr. and Mrs. No, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. Uh, so just Chan Emily or John. Just go out there and Chan. Well, no, you know, John's a little more sophisticated like that, so he may not like his name being chanted. Emily's insane, so she'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, baby. No, actually, no, no, Christopher, no, really and truly, no, I really do like both of them a lot. Uh, I, I find them both to be very good people. I've, I've talked to them on a, on a multitude of levels. I've picked on them in a Baltimore. I've picked on them so much they should have got mad at me. So it's uh, they're just really good-natured, really good-hearted people. Uh, you can write to me about anything. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you can send it to me. iCartCox.net. Yes. No, we're not giving away nothing tonight because I uh, didn't set it up for tonight. It's um. <sighs> you really want one, huh? <laughs> Damn. All right. Look, where's it at? I think I got a few. I got a few left here. All right. To the first person. Whoops. Sorry. Backwards. Now you get my fingers out the way. To the first person who writes to me. And tell me what John and Emily do in April. I'll give you the, the book. Yeah. Yeah. What they do in April. Well, let me rephrase that. What they do in April for writers of the future. And you can have this book. First person. It gets it right. Yeah. So you don't always get it right. <laughs> I get a lot of BS sometimes from people. Joe, you know, no, no, no. I got somebody that wrote me a whole story about some question I asked the other day. I was like, wow, that was way too much information. But they didn't get it right. It's just way too much information. It's like a little mini book is what it was. Uh, while we're on that, though, real quick, guys and girls, uh, remember, if you're buying Christmas presents, galaxypress.com. Also, I know they have wrapped up book 39, so uh, they will be putting that out in, what, next year, what, June, July? April. is Because uh, you'll be out there for the event where we're releasing it. Yeah, no, and, but I was just oh, – It'll be it'll stop book book. in May. It's a, yeah, so so um, I'm not giving y'all more books. Look, I'm happy I get them early. I get to read them and enjoy them. Last time I, I read, the, this is a true story. So I'm flying out to LA. I'm sitting on a plane, right? So the, when I'm flying, I was sitting out on the aisle seat. When I got, when we changed planes, I was sitting on the, the uh, seat by the window. So I had my head again sitting. I had the book open and I was reading. And I guess I had it open far enough that the girl sitting next to me could read 
the left pages as I went by. She says, wow, those are really good stories. Where can I get that book? I said, it's not quite released yet. But I gave her my email and told her to email me when it came out. And I tell you, and she emailed me about two weeks ago. So I said, well, I can't give you no free ones because John will shoot me, but just go to galaxypress.com and you can buy it. So they're great books. There's lots of stories. That the anthologies are great. Just so much stuff in these things. And we'll, they are. They're great. And, and to put this in, into something to help you really understand. So you read the first story. You're like, wow, this is cool. You go to the next story. You're like, wait, it's not following suit. It's a different story. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different story. You go to the third story. It's a different story. They're, they're just fun to read. And there's... Yeah. And I'm going to tell you this, they're clean enough for your kids to read. So yeah. you can read them to you. If you want to read, like if you want to read a book to your child, like a story a night or something like that, it's a great thing to do. Uh, I wouldn't say they're too scary for children, maybe maybe three years old or something. But other than that, I don't really find them to be that scary. I've read three of them. Actually, I've read five of them now. And uh, I really, really, uh, I've enjoyed the story. I'm not going to tell you I liked every damn story because I would be lying to you, but I liked a lot of the stories. I found them to be unique and different, which I really like. And I got to be honest with you. One of the reasons I own a radio network is because I don't like using the words F and this, that, and the other thing. I like even comedy. I prefer it to be clean. It's not that I don't think like, you know, some weren't, aren't funny. It's just, it's, I don't know, maybe it was the way I was raised, but I don't feel the need for society to always be nasty, dirty to enjoy itself. It's just my own point of view. Don't hate on me. It's uh, the way I personally feel. It's one of the reasons I like these two, because and all of these are sponsored by Elrond are great. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in it. And remember, now this will be book 39 coming out. That's right. So how many? How many do you know right offhand? How many total stories that is? I hate to put you on a spot like this, but well, I know so you'll have a close idea. 800 winners, but if we take um, 39 times, well, it's minimally going to be 12. That um, about there's over 500 stories. Yeah. So it's not going to cost you a mint to buy all these books. I can tell you that now. And they have groups that you can buy. Right now they had a special on, um, I think it's 21 through 29 or something. Yeah. Um, And uh, you can go over there right now and get them. It was only 30 bucks. Yeah. I'm just telling y'all guys, it's a steal. I mean, you're going to go pay 30 bucks for one book usually. I mean, you just, it's just worth it. I'll tell you this. If you buy these six books and you find that you're not worth it, you send me the receipt, I'll refund your money. You got to send me the books though, because I'm going to give them to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I'll even pay for you to send me. I'm being honest. I will pay if you really don't. If you don't like any of the stories in these books, you, you, you got my email, icarcox.net. You send it, you send me the email along with your proof of purchase, and I'll send you a thing where you can put them in a box and send them to me, and I'll refund you the money as soon as they, they arrive at my house. I'm just going to give them away on, on to somebody else, but I'm being serious. That's how sure I am that you're going to like something. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, the old saying, put your money where your mouth is. I'm just not very big. What happens if it's too many? <laughs> no, uh, don't worry about it. Just, just, just do it. People. These stories are all selected by best-selling authors. So you have like Orson Scott Card, who wrote Ender's Game. Just, He's yeah. one of the judges that picks the stories. Brandon Sanderson, Larry Niven, um, Dave Farland, yeah. Tim Powers, who wrote On Stranger Tides, Pirates of the Caribbean. All these guys. So these are the guys picking the stories that go in the book, and there there are about thirty of them. And so you know they sell really, all those authors sell books, and their stuff gets turned into movies and so forth. So if they like it, uh, somebody out there is bound to like it. Well, and remember this too: when we're talking about these people, pay attention to who they are, because you might see in the future 
something that you really enjoyed. It might be a movie and a better book. I would just pay attention because who was it? One of them just sent me their book. Uh, oh, why can't I remember his name? Man, I have just become rotten with names in my old age. I'm going to just start keeping a, a list of them. But he had three of them out and he sent me one of them. And I read the last one first. It was a good book. I enjoyed it. And let me tell you, people, I don't get much time to read. So I took the time. He kept calling me and calling me right and right. He said, John, I'm telling you, you're going to really like this. We've talked a lot. You're going to like this. So I said, all right, you really think so? So I sat down and read all 400 pages. I was like, wow. And I didn't speed read. I learned this a long time ago. You cannot speed read any kind of any real books. Technical stuff all day long, you can speed read. But you lose too much in a story if you speed read. You'd be surprised with those little ands, buts, and all when you take them out of the thing actually screw the story up so i'm just telling you that because i had when i was in i don't know 18 i took a speed reading course it was a really good thing for me because when i you know especially when i was in the navy i read a lot of tech stuff it was great for that it was like oh yeah i love this i remember my company commander looking at me one day he's like how the hell fast you can read like that I said don't worry man i took a course but uh but you lose too much especially in a novel or even an anthology you're just going to lose too much if you if you read like that sure. but again no gene i'm totally serious Go over to galaxypress.com. That's the address, galaxypress.com. Buy that set of books. I don't, they should still be on sale. I just looked at yeah. it the other day. Yeah. And I said, and if you do not like them, and this is going to be up, and I'm going to mention this again. John's going to be back with me in a couple of days. I'm going to mention this again. Um, really, if you don't like them, just call me or write to me. I know I, I check my email every day. Now, I'm totally serious. Nice. I'll tell you what, didn't the book I sent you, the one you won a couple weeks ago, did you enjoy it? That was uh, 36, I think it was, right? See? That's what I'm saying. Go go out and try it. This is for anybody. It's not just for her, guys and girls. It's for anybody out there. And I know we got a big audience tonight. Last I checked, we was well over 2.8 or somewhere. So um, just go out there and do it. And if you don't like it, write to me. Look, there are tons of people around where I live in Mississippi and Louisiana that need books. I mean, unfortunately... The states are getting better thanks to the casinos. And I hate thinking casinos, but thanks to the casinos, they spend a lot more money on education. Mississippi went from last to like 30th or something. Uh, Louisiana did the same. So they're trying. But, you know, you want to get children interested at a young age. Mm -hmm. The younger, the better. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you give them the book, let them read it, read to them, read the stories. I'm telling you. All right. There's a story about the monster that grows up. It's like the first story, I think, in book 38. And read that to your kids. They'll love this story. There's several stories in there. There's several stories in all of them you'll like. But just one right offhand, if, if you're a mom or a dad and you want to have some fun with your children and read, it's, it's not overly scary or anything. It's actually a fun story to read. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So start trying. You, you, the only way you're going to know is if you try. I, I'm just trying to get people back into literacy because, you know, I, I don't want to think 100 years from now where our country is going to be. It's scary sometimes. Very uh, scary. Now, one thing we have, too, is on the stories from the Golden Age, those books that you're listening to, we have the, the books, print books. We also have the audio books, uh, the CDs. Um, and right now for the holiday special, we got everything is 50 percent off on. We got these packages with the books and the audio books. But it's really good because if you have if kids like. Because these are done like radio theater. So you've got like half a dozen actors that are performing the stories. And you have all this high quality sound effects because we now use the 21st century, 21st century sound technology. So it's amazing sound effects. You've listened to these things, Joe. And yeah, it's just, they're great. And, and, yeah, and I really don't talk about them enough. I really should because they really, the stories are good. John knows I just like the retro artwork. I just, 
<laughs> it just, yeah. I, I really, for some reason, it, 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 you know, no, I'm not that old. Damn it, damn. Well, I'm, you better hope I don't find that way. I'm going to smack you in the head. No, the artwork is just really good. It's a lot of fun to watch, and I'll tell you why I like the artwork. Because if you listen to the story, you'll understand the artwork. I mean, whoever's doing the artwork, because I never actually asked John who was doing it. It's uh, somehow or another, they're keeping pace with this. I, I can look at the artwork now and understand what's going to kind of be in the story now, which I really like because most people can't do that. Usually I see some cover on a book and I'm like, wow. And then I go, oh, crap. And I get aggravated. I'm not going to lie to y'all people. I feel like I've been taken. Uh, and I will come on over air and talk about people who do that. So just keep that in mind, ladies and gents, when you send me stuff. It's uh, no, nah, it's better to do it. But <clears throat> there's a lot of good stories in there. I mean, there's a lot. Future Joe, um, you mentioned the the artwork matching the story. So that's a key part of the contest and how it works. Is there's an illustrator contest and a writer contest. And when somebody wins the illustrator contest, they get hired to illustrate one of the stories in the book. And they work with Echo, who art directs and gets them to do sketches and so forth to tell the story. They get the story, they read it so they know what they're illustrating and then they illustrate that story and that's what gets published in the book. So you have these full color art posters in the book and that's all the winning illustrator uh, pieces that go in the match People, all the stories. If y'all ever get a chance to work with Echo, you should. I mean, I'm not yeah. gonna tell you she's gonna be easy on you because I'd be lying to you, but she is really good. She's yeah. a lot of fun. And she will take the time to teach you the right way. I watched her with students. Uh, well, I shouldn't call them students with, with winners. And uh, she took the time with each one. And this, this is something that's really impressed me about what goes on at these events. Doesn't matter who we're talking about here. It could be, it could be the authors. It could be the writers. It could be Tom, it could be Echo, it could be Todd, it could be any of them. It's just, I've noticed they take the time. Now, personally, that's, that's, that's a big thing because I've been to a lot of different events around the country. And a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, that's true. Okay. <clears throat> and they'll go on to the next person and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's not how this works. They, they really, and, and wait, and even when this is over with, which this freaking amazes me beyond belief, they can write to them and they answer their letters. I'm just saying that, I'm not saying don't abuse people with, with this, but people, this just doesn't happen in our country anymore. I, I mean, I travel a lot around our country. I talk to a lot of authors. I do a lot of travel. I talk to a lot of different people about a lot of different subjects. And I just don't see this. It's, it's you know, John will tell you, I gave nothing but crap <clears throat> the first year I knew him. <laughs> I was like, this is BS. I mean, I went through this with him. This poor man had to put up with a lot of stuff. But mm -hmm. I'm telling y'all, um, get out there, write your story, and, or draw your story. You know, you can draw a story and, and send it. <laughs> Yes. You know, there's a lot of good stuff there. And it's fairly judged. I can tell you personally, it's fairly judged. If you ever win and you don't think, or you ever send something, you don't think you've been fairly judged, call me okay, or write to me. I can tell you now, I've seen the whole process from start to finish. And uh, and I've talked to the judges. And the judges don't know squat. All the judges get is a freaking number. Oh, well, we're going to read this story. They don't know if you're a girl, boy, whatever you want to identify with these days. I want to offend anybody. Um, they don't know. That's they, true. They, they don't. They're just reading a story and away it goes. And they're just some good stories. Out there. And, you know, get a lot, send them. You can send four times a year. That's right. You know, don't, and don't feel scared. I've been trying to get my son to send it. He wrote two of them. He's like, I ain't sending them. I'm going to steal one and send it to you as soon as I can. Ooh, is, John and I don't see the winning stories or art and tell them. The judges have been through it. And yeah. See, that would drive me crazy. I'd be a, 
can I look? Can I look? Can I see? Can I see? <laughs> let me let, let, I want to pee. It's it's just amazing to me. And I, I will tell you all this. I know we're running short on time. I know Emily and I got to get their butts back to parade. Um, <laughs> all I can tell you is is you will be treated excellent. And I'll tell you this: you'll be treated the way you treat them. I mean, if you're one of those kind of persons, that's a you know what, you will be treated the way you treat them. But I have never seen them treat anyone badly. Um, you know, everyone I've seen, you know, if, if there is somebody that complained or had, it's it maybe be one out of every hundred. So I just, I just don't feel, I just, I've watched them. No, they don't care what color you are. Who wrote that? No, they don't. Not even a little bit. There's been black winners and Hispanic winners. I think they even a black judge these days. I, I, they just don't care mm-hmm. what color you are. All they care is your performance. Well, yeah, they want you to perform. I mean, let's be honest about it. I mean, they're not just saying here, here, and here. But I mean, guys, they, they, they take really good care of you. They, they really honor the people who, who win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I've been to three or four other book fairs over the years and stuff like that. And I, I just don't find anybody who takes this amount of time and they spend a week with you teaching you the ins and outs. Uh, I'll tell you this, I've learned enough to get, well, next time I see them, I'll probably get another five or 6,000 words. I'm going to get this damn finished. But, uh, uh, even I've been able to write 12,000 words. I just can't when I get home. My life is too chaotic, but it's, um, I learned quite a lot from them, both in art, which I still can't draw, but a stick man, but I understand how the concepts work. <laughs> I really actually I understand shady shadows. Actually, I was telling a friend of mine who that day was trying to draw. I told him, he said, man, that really worked. I said, yeah, you need to go. I said, go listen. I said, they know their stuff. And, uh, no, there's some great arts, art people over there. Uh, yeah. I love echo. I love time. I love pretty much everybody I met over there. Well, Tom, Tom's like a drinking buddy when he's around, so he's, he's, he's not as bad as Chris. <laughs> he's a drinking buddy. I told Chris I'm about to fly over to Europe and see him. Yeah, you know, Chris Winsbury, you'd have to look him up to see what we're talking about. It's an inside joke, but uh, Chris is bad influence. I mean, thank God he's on the other side of the planet. <laughs> he's in He's in Australia. I want him to finish his book so I can, I can bring him on air. Well, I've, got his, I've got his book he sent to me. It's, it's not published yet, but I'm, yeah. that's the next book I'm going to be reading to be able to interview him um, so that that'll go up the week that his, his book releases, probably next February or March. Yeah, he's extremely high energy people. But anyway, guys and girls, all I can tell you, they're, they're done. They're just starting on 40 now. So submit, submit, submit. Uh, just go ahead and submit it. Yeah, no, galaxypress.com is, is where you, if you want to buy something. Yes, that's where you want to buy something. I'll let Emily tell you where to go if you want to submit. Submit the stories at writersofthefuture.com. And also, if you are if you are a writer and, is, and are a little bit like, I don't know, I can't, I just can't get it, can't get it, can't get it. Uh, we have a free online writing workshop uh, that it we helps offer. helps too. And anybody that finishes that workshop by the end of December, we have a free uh, live Q&A with Orson Scott Card mm-hmm. on January 6th. Uh, two, it'll be about a two-hour. Oh, by the way, he is great to listen to. He's amazing. He amazing. He's amazing. You know, um, who is it? Uh, the one that looks like Dean Martin. I love this guy. I Ever ever since I've seen that video with y'all this past year, uh, was it Frank Frank Fazetto? I'm saying it's oh, right. Oh, yeah, Frank Fazetto. Um, he's, he's, I don't know, man. No, he looks like Dean Martin. That's why I said that, guys. He don't act like Dean, just looks like him. Uh, he's got some great work. Yeah, you know, when I see people, I always got to go check into them. I can't help myself. It's the ADDDDDDDD in me. I can't get past it, unfortunately. But we got to get out of here. Uh, real quick, anything else I want to tell? Tell them again where they start and finish. And uh, so we can. All right. So, Hollywood Boulevard, and it's 27 November, Hollywood Christmas Parade. 
5.30 p.m. live event. And if you are not in Los Angeles and you still want to catch the parade, you can on the CW Network on the, 20, on the 16th. 16th of December, 16th December, 8 p.m. And y'all can always write to John at Galaxy Press and beg for a ticket. But other than that, I don't have to tell y'all. <laughs> you can't get one. Uh, but we got to get out of here. I want to thank you. Everyone for right to Jay Goodwin at galaxypress.com. There you go. Jay Goodwin at galaxypress.com. Guys and girls, we got to get, we got a lot of stuff going on. I want to tell everybody who hung out for the first hour when we were talking about religion versus uh, ET or who knows in religion, who knows what. Uh, that was good for everybody. I know we did quite a good audience. I'm always lovely. I, I love, I'm always love having John and Emily on. It's always a lot of fun to talk to. And, uh, well, they got to just because they're helping. Yeah, Jack, they're helping. I, I like people who help people. It's a thing I, I like to do. Uh, yes. Why do you think I go work all these different places? It's not like I <laughs> Anyway, we got to get out of here. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in to UFO Undercover. I hope everybody enjoyed the show, and I will see you all next Wednesday. Or oh, actually, I will see you all this Friday on The Centralist with two new hosts. Ooh. Whoa. And I'll be there, too.